Hey, welcome to Cold Pizza. Merry Christmas. My name is Jeff, and I'm a pastor at the Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. And it's our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. And it's our chance to sit down with the preacher to tackle any further questions, applications, or bits of other leftover crust to chew on that might not have made it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Russell. Hello, Russell. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry brother. Christmas. Are we allowed to have two these in the same title? Yeah, the why not? Christ the Lord? Yeah, that doesn't, yeah. Sure, why not? The, the. Those um, are our pronouns. I'm Appalachian, brother. <laughs> we we make it up. Speaking of Appalachian, I was in Hamilton on Saturday. Okay. That's a place. It is. It, it is. is. It is pretty along the the Great Miami River, but mm-hmm. man, I've not been down there. Yeah, yeah. That was Appalachian. Nice people. <laughs> they don't look nice, but they're nice. I got three two hundred and seventy five gallon IBC totes that oh. were full of sour cherry gin. Is this a prepper podcast now? It, you're not supposed to tell people that you're prepping, <laughs> or they'll come take your stuff. Rusty's got lots of water. <laughs> <laughs> Go and get it, but it's going to taste like gin, apparently. Sour cherry gin. If you smell it on me, I'm not, I didn't become an alcoholic all of a sudden over Christmas. It's just my shower. Sour cherry gin. What is it? Gin. So Sour cherry gin? That sounds mm, disgusting. No, I love gin. No. Like gin and tonics? No. No. Forget it. Give me the the clear liquid. No. No. It's piney. No, clear liquid is is for ladies and Russians. (laughs) I, I like the white Russian too. So. <laughs> no, it's going to be more Caucasian dark. as it is. Okay, sheesh. All right, we should get started here on before we say something that we shouldn't and get a, a letter from Kevin DeYoung. Um, all right, <laughs> Kevin so, DeYoung doesn't like Christmas drinks. I guess not. This week sermon title was "Bedrock Fearlessness" from Matthew three and eight. I thought we were supposed to be preaching in Luke. No, I didn't get that memo. Okay. I, that threw me for a loop. I'm good for it. We've just been using it. Gotcha. So you're, what you're setting is up for our next series, mm-hmm. which is going to be in Matthew, which is going to be really fun. So, But our title, or our, our, our text was from there, I should say. Uh, your main points were uh, the mission um, and then the leader. Uh, under mission, it was the mission is overthrowing sin for the Christian. And then the leader, obviously, is Jesus King Jesus and recognizing his rule. All right, that's uh, that's really what you covered yesterday. How'd you feel about it in general? Uh, I was pretty happy with that one, which usually ends up not being good sermons. <laughs> right? You have that experience? Yeah. Whenever I'm upset about my sermon, it usually turns out to be the best. Yeah. Uh, but from at least people's comments yesterday, they were really encouraging. I mean, most of the people were saying. Just made it really simple, which was my goal. Yeah, um, it was. I, I really wanted to hit that. Yeah, it was uh, simple. Particularly because it, the main emphasis technically on the sermon was supposed to be and is governance. Yeah. And it can get really easy to get lost in that doctrine. Yeah, this is true. Um, so I wanted to kind of come at it from a different angle, different beginning point to see why it is governance going to matter for us mm-hmm. if we're talking about, which was at least Matt's desire for us, fearlessness and joy. Yeah. So, Yeah. I, yeah, it's good, brother. Um, one thing you mentioned in the beginning of the sermon was the chaos that uh, surrounds our 
world today. And, you, you know, you jokingly kind of set it up with or stepped us into the idea with the chaos we see around the holiday season. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People running helter skelter doing this and that, which is an interesting um, dynamic of humanity uh, around holidays where you're supposed to be enjoying family and friends and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the finer things you usually find yourself incredibly stressed. Yeah, you're like, oh, I just can't wait till you get the break. Yeah, yeah, you, you know. Which you, you mean like New Year's after you stayed up till like two. I guess. Or you have, the same idea is true of vacations. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, oh, I need to take a vacation from my vacation. Yeah. And a lot of that gets at the heart of what you were saying is the reason that we have chaos and the reason that people, even amongst a joyous time like this, find themselves just running like chickens with their head chopped off. Mm-hmm. Is because um, we have this big problem. It's called sin. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus came. And I think as uh, believers, I think our church, um, I think our church does a good job of understanding that doctrine and that reality. But I think it's easy for us here at CTL and Christians in general to forget the uh, what we came from. Mm-hmm. And how easily our heart is pulled towards sin. Yeah. Uh, man, that was a big hope of what I wanted two weeks ago with bringing, starting the series with darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, is trying to remind us of that very thing. And I, I don't know if that landed or not. Um, it doesn't seem to have as much as I wanted. But this, yeah, that, that it's, it's 100% what I'm, what I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, if, um, if you don't realize, I've said this before, if you don't realize how bad the problem was, mm-hmm. then you're not thankful for the solution to the problem. Yeah. If you don't. If you if you receive a diagnosis of stage four cancer, it's the worst cancer possible. You know, one day, if there's a cure for that, there's going to be a lot of very happy people mm-hmm. because it's a it's a deadly um, disease. They were without hope. Without yeah, there's no cure for it, and so in the same way, the human heart, there is no cure for it outside of Christ, and that's why you have to hold on to this understanding of depravity. I think that if you don't you know reformed folks often kind of get um i think wrongly labeled as being very dull and bleak they're always just talking about sin dour <laughs> dour yeah but i think i think the truth is, is if you lose that foundational bedrock doctrine that um you're going to go adrift you're going to you're going to go um in biopath meadow wandering trying to get get there your own own way people you said, just don't think that they're sinners. Mm-hmm. You said, ask your coworkers what sins <laughs> they were confessing and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and uh, why, why do you believe that humans tend to hate the idea of being sinful? I mean, we could say a lot about that, but maybe pared down to as simple as you can, why do human beings hate that idea? I two ideas one is technically yours and i'll kick it to you second so you can riff on it but the first one was going to be because we think that we're blameless we're we're simply god and so us doing what we desire is me just living my best life you know it's yolo it's whatever um and so no one can judge me no one can tell me what to do and so and and none of that is wrong Mm. what what responsibility do I have for other people? All of that stuff. Um, and that's simply the end of, you know, judges. 
yeah. uh, or the beginning of Judges, rather, at the end of Joshua, people did what okay, they saw yeah. was right in their own eyes. Yeah. Um, so that that's got to be one of them, okay. uh, as people are just simply little mini-gods. The second one, I think, contributes to it, but uh, I'll let you jump on it if you want. Uh, you've said before uh, um, that we're just – we push death to the – outskirts yeah all the time so cemeteries is the one that you usually use when you talk about that and we push yeah. death away yeah. and sin the wages of sin is death death so if i call it sin well for one something has to be done with it yeah and then if i'm going to get paid for it it's it's death and so mm. let's just push that away if i don't sin i don't have to pay anything and i don't deserve anything yeah yeah death sorry i'm eating christmas chocolate still it's very good <laughs> I appreciate Rusty keeping the office full of Christmas chocolate. Yeah, we, we push, especially in our American culture, we push these things to the outskirts. We don't like to think about our mortality because um, I think we fancy ourselves little gods. There's a lot you can say about that as far as our culture and how we've, the American psyche and so on. Um, you know, the idea of uh, YOLO, you only live once, it's actually not true. It's <laughs> right? not. It's not. And Jesus came to prove that. Um, and, uh, so you, you're going to live on in one of two places and what you do here now, like it says in gladiator that goes <laughs> in eternity. Um, and, and so I think people, people just like to push those things to the outer skirts because we like to live in the moment. Um, because it makes us have to think about bigger, grander things than, than we're comfortable in, in dealing with. And well, what we do now has an effect on the future, and we don't like to have to think about that. Yeah, because it means that some law has been transgressed. Right. And I have to I have to accept and admit that I know that there's a law. Yeah, right. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, because sin is what gives death its, its potency. Uh-huh. It's what gives it, it's what causes us to be fearful of it, right? It, and it was never supposed to be that way. Um, and this, I think this is a part of, reason jesus weeps outside the tomb of lazarus yeah you know he's like it wasn't supposed to be this way you know and so i think yeah i think that's one of the reasons people push it back i i think too if you're just a um if you're lost without christ blinded you don't know any different Mm -hmm. you don't know any different right you have a certain sense of morality based on kind of what you think is maybe upbringing or standards or something like that, you know, whether you're conservative, more conservative than other people or whatever, your, your idea of justice, all of that sense of trying to find some right uh, way to align yourself with the world goes back to the laws of God being written on our hearts. Mm -hmm. You've just got it super skewed. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're always going to choose yourself mm. over everybody. So whether you're apart from grace, yeah. apart from grace, yeah. So whether you're whether you're trying to find some moral standing um, in your ideas for justice, and we got to help the oppressed, and we have to lift them up. At the end of the day, all that work that might do some good things for some people, but it's your own moral trumpet that you're sounding. And so it's for yourself. It's it's not for others. And the same thing is true on the other extreme, right? Yeah. Uh, we have to, you know, get certain people in office that have our political standings, or we we worship 
a certain brand of American conservatism or something, you know, something like that. Um, then, uh, same thing is true there. Sounds like you're saying that generally people want a nation with the kind of morals and laws that they like to follow. Exactly. That's it's weird. Yeah. And, and that, and so yeah, people want a, a nation with the morals and laws that they want to follow. And that's because they want a, because they want a neighborhood with the same thing, a household with the same thing, a church yeah. with the same thing, right? This how, is this how is dare the, you. right. The, and the problem is the same across the board for 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 um, all kinds of different people with all kinds of different cultural backgrounds, right? They desire to be God because it goes back to those two in the garden mm-hmm. who believed a lie. Yep. You'll be like God. And that sounded pretty good to them. And we follow suit. And so even so so dead dead things do dead things. Mm-hmm. Right? They produce more just decay and rot. Oh. Um and they affect the things around them in th- that way. But we have to be mindful that we are free in Christ. We are no longer condemned. But we have to be mindful of our sinful pro- proclivities, right? Mm-hmm. To to want to follow suit with Adam and Eve, to want to be ruled by a standard that we find acceptable, mm-hmm. and so especially in the day in which we live in an American evangelism, it's um it's very squishy and wiggly because if I don't like what this church stands for, if they call me to a standard that I don't think seems fair, or just seems uncomfortable, or seems too harsh, or yeah. whatever then I can go find something to suit my fancy, mm-hmm. right? And this is just not the gospel. No, it's not, it's not the mission. Yeah, and so we could, I think there's a, across the globe, human beings don't like this idea because in the human heart, we always will worship self. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our desire is to worship and choose yep. self over everybody else and ultimately God. I think there's, you know, we could, we could write a couple books on how that looks in America. Yeah, but it's such an important point because I'm sitting here yesterday after the fact, you know, Sunday afternoon quarterbacking my sermon, being like, I really have to set up the basics of like you're a sinner again. Like, is that shouldn't we be on be beyond that? No, this is the this is the fight. No, we don't believe we're sinners. Yeah, and you can't. You know, I've said before there are. You know, we we say here at, at CTL, you don't have to be reformed. You don't have to embrace the doctrines of grace in order to be a member here, mm-hmm. but you're going to hear it Oh yeah, because we believe this is the most faithful way to preach the scriptures. I don't believe there's any way around it. I think that those who um, wouldn't adhere to these doctrines are in error, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think that some of those, and this is where I'm like, some of those, I'm not going to break fellowship over that, mm-hmm. but one that I cannot um, get around is total depravity. Oh, no. Well, it's not like I set out to preach the doctrines of grace yesterday. I'm preaching this passage, and that's how you preach it. <laughs> I remember uh, R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul one time at a uh, conference uh, panel, he got the question, um, uh, what was it? How does one become Reformed? Or what is, what is uh, Reformed theology or something like that? And he kind of just chuckled in a classic R.C. Sproul way. And, he's, and Beg was there. He says, like, this sounds like a good one for you, Alistair. <laughs> and Alistair says, um, well, first, you um, read your Bible. <laughs> he says, second, 
after reading your Bible, then you become biblical. And then he says, and then you're reformed. <laughs> Oops. So it, it's hard not to read the scriptures and, and see that. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, again, there's so many fundamental things that I think at times our people are in danger of this. Um, other Christians are in danger of this, of saying like, okay, let's move on from that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as Luther said, we who know the gospel have to have it pounded into our heads over and over again. And so when you begin to bulk or kick at the idea of your sinful proclivities, right, then you know something's wrong. Yeah. That's one thing I wanted to kind of address as far as a application thing. I I do specifically um, try to make sure that I always have application in my sermon. If it's not, I, don't, I think the, all, all of us agree it's not a, a sermon. Yeah. Um, but in lieu of like trying to drive into every application space, yesterday it just had some overarching questions that I wanted to settle on. But so that was for yesterday. But today, one of the application pieces of this of uh, do you regularly confess sin? What does this right. look like day to day? Right. That piece. Well, you're not going to confess sin if you don't think you're a sinner. You're not. Right. Or, or that you have sinful proclivities. But what I do find among I don't know, for lack of a better word, be intermediate Christians. So you're not, you know, baby Christian in Hebrews, but you're still, you know, not up there necessarily in your maturity. Like adolescence? Uh, sure. Yeah. The, you're awkward teenagers. Um, <laughs> um, the sense of like, when I confess sin, it's got to be, I got to name it, which, yes, we, we definitely push for naming sin and not sure. just general. Um, but it, But beyond that, they want some kind of like big thing. And, and I want to encourage you that as you move forward in maturity as a Christian, you're not going to have as many over big sins. So mm. so one of the things that I see that people want from like the elders is for us to confess these great and grievous sins. Right. And for one thing, if we had that great and grievous sin, we would not be qualified. Sure. Like that's an issue. Um, Acts 20 talks about how God keeps his elders. And so like there's a great blessing that I'm cognizant of. And I've said this before, I'm thankful for that. The fact that the Lord keeps me at least qualified as an elder is something that I want to keep because it's like extra free grace. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Um, That's good. There's a sense in which he's keeping me in a special way, at least because of the office. It's true. For the sake of the office, for the sake of his name, but I am a beneficiary of that. I think you could. I think you could probably apply that to different offices, that you hold an office as a father, mm-hmm. as a mother, as a wife, as a husband. Yes. A special for for a woman, for a man. Mm-hmm. Special grace for that. Yeah. So there's that aspect, but then like, as you move forward in Christian maturity, you're not committing grave acts of sin. Mm. It is this heart posture aspect. It is um, reading the word and understanding how your motivations were actually maybe too too personal yeah. and not for the glory of God. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be those seasons that you go ignoring a component of your life maybe mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. be the bigger pieces. But it's 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 <laughs> in jujitsu we, we call them micro adjustments. Okay. So there's there are these big giant moves that i can move large humans on unless i'm off by two degrees Mm -hmm. 
if I'm off by two degrees, it simply won't work. The biomechanics don't work. But if I micro adjust for those two degrees, which is where, you know, skill and maturity comes from mm -hmm. in the sport, at least, uh, then I can create this big movement. Yeah. And so in your life, the, the way that the spiritual walk works as you get narrower and narrower and narrower on the path, mm. are not big left and right turns. <laughs> Yeah, you should be going straight. It's just like when you're driving, you're constantly adjusting back to center. That's good. And so don't don't get down on yourself if you don't have a, a giant sin to commit. Praise God for that. Like yeah. that's, <laughs> it, we 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 don't want to commit those sins. We want to be holy as He is holy. Mm -hmm. But be cognizant and be honest about all the different micro adjustments that you're having to make. And like, yeah. hey, I could use some help with you looking in my right mirror. You know, yeah. that kind. Of, those are that's what the Christian walk should be. Yeah. As you move forward. Yeah, and if you're saying don't don't feel bad that you don't have any big sins to confess, I think somebody could, um, feel a little bit exasperated maybe when they hear the elders every Sunday or often in sermons or in our liturgies or on podcasts or in counseling or home groups saying, confess your sins, confess yeah. your sins, confess your sins. And like, what are you talking about? Like, I, ha I don't have any giant sins to confess. Like, I don't I'm, think I'm sinless, but right, I don't think I'm I didn't sinless, murder anybody. but I haven't murdered and I'm faithful <laughs> to my wife and yeah. right. Um, yeah, I'm not cheating on my taxes mm -hmm. uh, or at least I haven't got caught yet. Overtly. Things like that. Um, so what we, I think what could cause people to think that is, one, they uh, they think of conf only confessing big giant sins, so to your, just these micro adjustments. That's confession. That's what we're yeah. talking about. So I think some of that is because we've grown up in a church culture, for the large part, that has not freely and fully confessed sins as a part of the a part of a Christian culture, which is what we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. so then, like, so you go to youth camp and you confess and drive the stake in the ground again and make another commitment, or right? It's the first major real time you you confessed and repented of lust. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. It's it's a big deal. Yeah, big <laughs> deals. And so you're like, okay, I'm not. So that could be one thing. We think that we're only supposed to confess big giant things. Mm -hmm. The other thing would be um, you just don't have a, a um, full understanding of what sin is, yeah. which means you don't have a full understanding of the what the holiness of God is. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know, so if you want to know, if you're like, okay, crap, you're saying that I can't think of any big sins, but you're saying I have a bunch of little things I could probably confess, yeah. and I'm supposed to always be making these micro adjustments. How am I supposed to figure that out? I would say don't go, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, don't go study sin. No. Go study the holiness of God. Yes. So if you think of it this way, the change will move away from BJJ. Uh, we talked about before, uh, I, I, I took this from Look and Live uh, from Matt Papa, mm -hmm. that our worship is like firing arrows. We're consistently firing arrows. Yeah. And we're aiming at a target, which is the holiness of God. Yeah. The center of the bullseye. Well, arrow shooting, unless you're you know super good at it, is a slow, methodic, pull, twang, load. Pull, draw, twang, right? Mm -hmm. it's, think of it more like a machine gun, right? You're, you're firing. Like Legolas. Yeah. Well, sure. With arrows. Here you go. I mean like an actual <laughs> machine gun. Oh, like Rambo. Yeah, like Rambo. So you are off target, and we'll pretend that recoil is not a thing. Um, for those of you that would 
you know, rebuke me on that. Um, <laughs> Recoil is only a thing if you're weak. If you're weak. <laughs> Use your bump stock. Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah, so you're off target. How do you get on target? You pull up to the bullseye. You, yeah, you, you see readjust. where you hit and yeah. you adjust. So you're constantly firing. Don't sit there and be like, well, crap, I missed again. Right. Like, no, I was down and to the left. I need to move up into the yeah. like that. But what am I looking at when I see that? I'm mm-hmm. looking at the bullseye. Right. And in the realm, you continue to use your analogy, in the realm of firearms and shooting at a target, if you're low and left, mm-hmm. it's usually some kind of a... You're anticipating recoil. What's that? If you're low and left, you're like me. You're anticipating recoil. Exactly. You're anticipating recoil. Point is, if you're not familiar with some of this language, there are very... Sorry, I'm eating a, a Reese piece, a Reese cup thing now. It's very good, but it's very sticky. I apologize for the smacking in the microphone. Hey, you should enjoy it with Gus. Yes, the guy told to the me glory yesterday. of God. I did say that, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> to the glory of God, I'm eating this. And I will do it vicariously. Amen. Um, the point I'm making on this is when you find um, that you're missing the target um, when you're shooting, let's say, a handgun, it's a very micro issue usually. Yeah. Right? Well, to the point of degrees, yeah. I mean, if, yes. you're, if you're 15 yards away, you mm-hmm. think about how you, much you actually have to move. Yeah. So you're anticipating the recoil or you're having what, what some people call trigger sympathy with other fingers moving mm-hmm. at the very last second, which yep. is pulling the, the gun away from the target. So to use that analogy in the confession of our sins, right, there's usually micro things in our life that if they go unchecked, mm-hmm. Then when that when you finally do blow up at your wife in anger or your children and you yell at them in anger, or you discipline in anger, um, or you you know yelling at people on North Fairfield Road during <laughs> Christmas time, right, and uh, about to throw the finger at them, that's bit, that's not something that's just come out of thin air yeah. for the Christian. That's a that's a slow drip. That's a micro problem that has been left undone mm-hmm. and so it's going to take some time so you should confess that so when the big thing happens confess it but repentance will look like going and getting a pick and a shovel and digging mm-hmm. and figuring where's the source of this coming from yeah right so if you're feeling super un- ungrateful and unjoyful this christmas you're going to have to do some digging and figure out where your joy is rooted. Is your joy rooted in all of the events that you're planning and the family that you're going to have over and the gifts that you're going to give or get? Mm-hmm. And then those things are going to wear off because they don't bring any true joy. They can bring a measure of joy if they're rooted in Christ and for his glory. Same thing if you're full of fear, right? When, when Direct during COVID, everybody was so freaking fearful, right? Um and I remember talking to, I've said this before, but I remember talking to Pastor Fabiano, who's a pastor friend from the Congo, <laughs> who was like, this man had been through like actual real persecution. Oh, yeah. Right? Like people in his church were murdered for their faith and uh, his wife and son were kidnapped and all these things. And I remember saying, Fabiano, like, what do you think of all this COVID thing? He's like, he said, he's a very polite man, part of their culture. He said, um, well... It's very surprising to see how um, fearful American Christians are mm-hmm. and and um, how afraid of death they mm-hmm. are, especially since Jesus rose from the grave. Mm-hmm. 
that they're so fearful of death. Yeah. But that's coming from somewhere. That just doesn't come out of nowhere. Well, to the, the point here, and to bring in both concurrence and governance to help you know, seal the deal, when you are not looking at the center of the bullseye, mm-hmm. you're looking somewhere else, and you're going to shoot where you're looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing for driving. We've talked about yeah. that before. Motorcycles, that is a hard rule. Mm-hmm. You go where you look. Yep. It's weird. Yeah, and it, it's 100% true. And so when what I want you to see then is when you recognize that you've missed the target by looking, you, you see you're down to the left. Yeah. That's God's grace to you. Yes. Look at the bullseye. He's, mm. So where do you think your next shot is going to be if you're being faithful to that? Mm. Closer to the target. Yeah. That's God using sin for his glory, for your good. You can be joyful for that, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and here's here's the crazy thing, Christian. When you're in the spirit, right, Galatians 5 and 6, when you're in the spirit, you're always going to hit the target. Yeah. That's a big stinking deal. Yeah. Uh, you get out with a new gun and if you never shot before, it's hard for new people to hit paper, yeah. like to hit the target in the first place. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> So, but that's a promise because most if you walk people aren't in the spirit, even looking at the target. No, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. Exactly. So it's a promise. But you're right. A lot of people aren't even looking at the target. Yeah, it's like walking into the range and guns are pointed everywhere instead of down down range. Yeah, and I, I would say this too. If we're going to continue to use the analogy of of shooting or riding a motorcycle or whatever, um, real. So you you can confess the fact that you're not hitting the target mm-hmm. oh i'm low and left or i'm not you know, i need to work on my uh my throttle clutch control for motorcycle yeah. riders um but you were talking about uh, the importance of confession but then repentance mm-hmm. so repentance is going and fixing the problem figuring out why am i low and left on the target yeah that right? ezekiel passage was one of my favorite things i got that from prepping for my uh, my class. Okay. It says, uh, this says, For you, son of man, your people who talk together about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses say to one another, each to his brother, come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. So he's saying, hey, you, son of man, everyone around you saying, hey, let's 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 go listen to what the Lord has to say from, from you, yeah. right? So that's mm-hmm. great. And they come to you as people come, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear what you say, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths they act, their heart is set on their gain. And behold, you are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear what you say, but they won't do it. Mm. And what happens to all these people in the prophets when they warn the prophets warn them? They won't listen. They won't listen. It always ends up bad for them. It does. They always end up having their goods plundered mm-hmm. and being led away into exile. Right the judgment of the Lord comes upon them. Yeah. I, if, I think, I think if there's one thing that our church needs to grow in, um, it is, I think, we, I think we're doing good on the confession part in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I do think we could do a little bit better job at realizing, um, that confession looks like those micro adjustments, mm-hmm. right? I was blessed on Sunday by somebody who came up to me with communion still in their hands and asked my forgiveness for something. Hmm. It wasn't a massive deal, but the Lord had convicted them of something. And, and it wasn't a general confession. They confessed 
something that they had said to me, hmm. but they confessed why they said it. It didn't have anything to do with me ultimately. It was something that they were working on that they had been convicted about before. Mm-hmm. And and the Lord had convicted them. And what a joy that was. Amen. And then they took communion, right? And that was that was wonderful. We need more of that. Um, quickly, confess quickly, freely, fully, uh, all the time. So we're doing pretty good there, I think. But we need to grow in our repentance. Mm-hmm in the walking it back. We need to grow in now go and do. Yeah. Right. Like we've just adopted this in our home. Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go and sin no more. Like that's possible. Yep. Right. Not, I'm not speaking in a perfection in this world thing, but you can master that area through mm-hmm. Christ. You can go and not give into it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you are not subject to the whims of the enemy, like yep. a non-believer, right? Uh, you are not subject to all sorts of delusions. Um, and so I think that's where we need to, to grow in. If, a, if, let me, let me get real granular here. So if you're young parents, right, you got, we got a lot of young parents right now with, um, little babies, you need to, if you're having issues in parenting areas, right. And, and you realize that, uh, through the preaching of the word, or you've asked advice from, older, wiser, been doing it longer parents, and you realize that you've been lax in some of your discipline or you haven't set certain boundaries for your kids because you're lazy, um, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's, I've, I've heard a lot of good confessions, mm-hmm. but now you got to go and put those things into practice. Yep. You got to go and, and do the hard work. And the problem with doing the hard work and the repentance part is it's hard. It's Jesus hard. Said it was. That's the part that we leave out about the narrow road. Yeah, because it's hard and it's steep, and you got to go. You had you had talked about um, idol worship and us setting ourselves up in the place of God. You got to have to go and tear down the old idols, right? So you have to go back and unlearn some things, right? Like yeah. what Spurgeon says that all learning has massive measures of unlearning. Basically, oh, okay. so it's like all learning is just unlearning. Yeah. Right as you go, so you get to go home and smash some idols, mm-hmm. and then in those places build the, idol, the 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 altars that should be there. Yeah. And that's what's hard, man. And and it, you know, it, we care so much about. I remember as a young parent, um, in public when it came to disciplining my kids, I was always tempted to be more lax, um, or try to like excuse the situation, or just or just like kind of covered over because I cared more about. Um, the environment I was in and what people thought of me, mm. right? Now, of course, there's times to take your kid away <laughs> to discipline them. If they're screaming their head off, be a mindful, take them away, discipline them. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're going to spank your kids, be, be mindful of where you're spanking them. <laughs> so, you don't, yeah. I don't, so you don't have to get, I don't have to visit you in jail. <laughs> um, be faithful. Uh, we'll post your bail, uh, but be wise. But, to how make the, often make the bail as low as you can? Yeah, please. <laughs> but how often do we um, do we excuse those things because those things shine a light on our own failures? Yeah. You you said that about you know a, a, a somebody you were talking to and their kids, mm-hmm. their kids' faithfulness or lack thereof is a, is a, uh, a direct reflection on them. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we don't want to take these things and walk them back in repentance. Yeah, that's one of the things I wish I would have been explicit about yesterday. 
when I was talking about how uh, sin is worship directed to the wrong God, I brought up the idea of rivals, mm-hmm. um, specifically using Herod in this case. But I, just to be explicit, I mean you place yourself, you, as yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not that you're worshiping something else. You've now turned all the way to worshiping you. And, and the problem is, is that here again, we'll never admit it, but we would sacrifice a town of children to preserve our yeah. place. Yeah. Any time that we sin, something has to die. We're already sacrificing others in order to preserve our own deity. Yeah. If I want to make much of myself, someone else has to be below me. Yeah. That's yeah. the nature of it. And so, yeah, yeah that, it's easy to fall into that. We become king very quickly. Yeah. Dude, I mean, since since the moment Jesus came into this world in human flesh, people tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. Right? And they tried to kill him to preserve their own place. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that is essentially what we do when we set ourselves up. We, we, we set out to try to kill God. Absolutely. Right? Which is an absolute asinine thing to try to do. Uh, didn't Richard Dawkins try that? He did. Yeah. And he, unfortunately, if he did not accept God's grace, found out the harsh reality of the folly of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound like a very joyful <laughs> and happy Christmas time no. to end on. No. But it is the reality in which we deal and it is the reality in which our world lives and the beauty of this is that, that the light has come. Well, Christ has come. Say, it's not happy because that's a fearful world. It is. Uh, but that's not the reality of your world. It is not. No. It is the reality of the world without Christ. But Christ has come, so go and proclaim the good news that Jesus is Lord overall. You got anything else to say? Merry Christmas. Do you wanna, we won't be here next week. Do you want to sing a, a jolly Christmas song to us? I don't sing. I, you know, I talked my way through that whole hymn yesterday at the end of this. <laughs> I was, did you see me in the bass back fist pumping? <laughs> I was in the back like, yes, yes, yes. And that's, that's the best you'll get from me. I was quoting it along with you. I was like, this is great. He's, and then you, you just did a line and then you kept going. Mm-hmm. I was very proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, I almost hooped and hollered, but I didn't want to spoil the moment. I can play a lot of instruments so that I don't have to use my voice. <laughs> it was good, man. It was good. my gift. Well, we won't be here next week because that'll be, let's see, that'll be the, Christmas. That'll right. be Christmas. That's right. So, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Um, we want to encourage you, as always, to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord overall. Merry Christmas. Christmas. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you.